0: We're gonna continue in Exodus. Um we spent some time in the Ten Commandments. I could have spent a lot a lot longer, um, but I I just I think we'll we'll just keep moving. I'm I'm gonna hit the last one today, and then if you're familiar with the story in Exodus, um it gets into a lot of minutia And so it, like you would call them the Big Ten laws, and then it gets into a lot of little laws. And um, you know, you're tempted to just sort of skip past those, and I'm not going to be able to go into every single one of them, but I do want to um, spend some time in a few of them. And I just picked some randomly uh, to, to maybe to make this point. When Jesus says, when he's asked, you know, what, what, what law is the greatest? And he picks two, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. These sum up the law. These, All the other laws hang underneath these. It's, it's a brilliant thing that Jesus does because... When, If you could sum up the law or pick the most important things, you would say it's loving God and loving others. And we talk about that relentlessly here at Orchard Grove. That's really what it's all about. It really is all about love. And I completely agree with that. And I also think loving God kind of fits for the first four of the commandments and then loving your neighbor Fits for the second half of the commandments. And I do think they're tied together as we've been trying, as I've been trying to say in this series. And uh, loving your neighbor, uh, uh, not stealing and and not lying and and not murdering, all these things certainly constitute that. If you love them, you're not going to do those things. But I also have been trying to tie the loving God and loving your neighbor. Because I think a lot of times people don't realize when you take God out of the equation, then you you take the compass away from people that allows us to have love in our society for one another. When love is breaking down in our society, oftentimes it's connected to the fact that we've pushed God to the sidelines. But more than that, when you think of love, it's easy, to, it's easy to think too softly of this. What's the right word? Um, well, I love God, yeah. And there are no details to it. So if all I'm supposed to do is love God, then you go, yep, I do, check. And then I'm supposed to love my neighbor, you're like, yep, I'm, I'm in. Check and check. I certainly think there's wisdom and simplicity, right? Which is why we've talked about it so much. But there's also a saying that the, the devil's in the details. In other words, what, what happens next, and we're going to read some of these scripture uh, laws is Moses gets detailed about what it means. He gives a lot of different examples. You know, maybe a general law, if you're raising a child, is, you know, um, be safe. Well, (laughs) fair enough. That's a good general law. Do what's safe. But sometimes they don't know what's safe. They'll say, sure, Mom, I'll be safe, I'll be careful. But then what you realize is they don't realize a lot of things. So the other day, uh, I was out, uh, we had a a storm, took a tree, big part of a tree down. So I was cutting wood and I had a chainsaw out. And of course, when you have a four-year-old and you have a chainsaw and you have a lot, and then I'm making a fire, there's a lot of moving parts. How many know what I'm talking about? So we have to get really specific with the rules. What are you allowed to do? And what are you, I just can't say be careful. Are you with me? It's a good rule, but it needs some specificity to it. That's all I'm trying to say. So we can hide behind I love God without the specifics. Sure, I love other people. And so it gets specific. Now, do every one of these specific examples apply to us today? Perhaps not. But if you use a little imagination, which I will try to help us with today, you will find that a lot of them you could find some perhaps parallel to today. Let me read the last of the Ten Commandments. You shall not covet, want for yourself. It's a good word we lost. I don't think we talk about it much today. shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servant, his ox or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So don't spend your time Wishing for wanting for the things that belong to your neighbor now what you have to understand is we've sort of made uh, we, We kind of built a nation on this I Mean if you know anything about how America works it works on consumerism and you got to get people to buy things and to get them to buy things you got to get them to covet things I Mean this is kind of the one that we all break daily I'm just just trying to say, just have some awareness, have some self-awareness that they have to get you to want something. You say, well, I I don't because that that stuff doesn't work on me. And who who are you fooling? (laughs) Yourself. You're fooling yourself, which is cute, right? But you and I buy into this stuff. And the reason that they have things called advertisements is because they work. They don't, these these corporations don't spend mountains and millions and millions of dollars to throw away. They spend it because it, because they go into a meeting later and they go, how's our ad campaign doing? They go, well, sales just went up. We spent this amount of money and sales went up this amount of money. They get held accountable for spending that money and they spend the money because it, it works. It gets you to want something. I went up to the the the, the youth camp, and uh, the place where we have the youth camp is. Uh it's a really fun place. I mean, it's, it's just a great place. It's got, a, it's got an inland lake and these massive sand dunes. If Some of you know that area of, of Michigan up there, Mears, and sand dunes. And then after the sand dunes, is Lake Michigan. And then they go around the corner, and there's another little lake. Where our, and it's just, just vacation, like, central in northern Michigan. If you've done northern Michigan vacation, this is the spot, right? But not only that, like... Um, we, we just bought like a 10-year-old Jeep. And I, I mean, I, I always wanted to have a fun Jeep because my dad had a Jeep and just, I, I needed a fun car. Something you could take the roof off of. Need is a relative word. But it's 10 years old and you know, I thought, well, that's okay, you know, and, and uh, they have a lot of cool Jeeps up there. I just gotta tell you something. <laughs> Now, one thing I should do is I should be really, really content and happy with mine. Does anybody understand where this is going? I should be so happy, so content, like, oh, I just have this great Jeep and it's so nice and it's just, I get to enjoy it. And then every, I'm driving down the road and I go, well, that's a nice Jeep. Anybody with me? That's a really nice Jeep. What if I had that Jeep? Next thing you know, my head's going like this and like this. Now, this is something you've never done, but I found myself violating the 10th commandment about 20 times a day, just at youth camp. Wanting my neighbor's Jeep. In the Bible, it's called your ox, but it's the same thing. Transportation. Before you throw all of these commandments to the side and think, oh, come on, get with the times. I think you just need to marinate a little bit. Hmm? Anybody know how to make a good marinade? Get something there, just let it, put the meat in there, let it sit, just let it work its way in. I read, read a thing the other day. I, I am no cook, by the way, or chef, or anything close, but I read something about take a little fork and just poke some holes in that chicken and just let, let it kind of ooze in there. Here's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to stick a fork in you today. Huh? And just, you're just going to try to let them ooze in. Are you open? Hey, who's open to a little forking today? See, get me right there, Pastor. Just let it. If, if you marinate it, it'll get in you. But what happens is at marinade, you, you can't you can't rush a marinade. She's gotta have a little time. You have to sit in some of these. You know, too often we, we, we just kind of rifle through this and, and and we're gonna talk about social media today. We're we're gonna get to that. One of the consequences and problems is we have no patience for anything. We don't we don't know how to marinade to find a deep truth. We've sort of lost the art um, in scripture, they call it meditating on your law of meditated day and night I'm just like I'm just chewing on that one. I got to think that one through because if you just flip through it, it doesn't get in you and you you can't you you can't realize the benefits that are coming so Today, what I tried to think about is what's happening in our world in relation to all of these granular, there's chapter after chapter after chapter of a lot of details. Let me just read a couple of them. Exodus 21, verse 24. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, who's heard this before? Hand for hand, foot for now, Jesus famously, as we've learned through this series, Jesus famously takes this, this one even further because he marinades on it. But, but before we get to how Jesus interprets it, let's just talk about it. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. This is not saying, in my view, this is not saying, <laughs> you, know how, you know how you used to play with your, your brother he would just poke you a little bit. Well, this is how it worked in my family. He would just poke me a little bit, and then I would have to do what? Poke him back. And then he would poke me a little harder, and I would poke him back a little harder. And then this, this is relatively familiar to your vacations to Florida on the back of the van. And my grandma... By the way, my grandma had the coolest station wagon. She had the old, the wood sided I mean, with the, the seats that faced it the other way and the way back there. That thing weighed like 8,000 pounds going down the road. But you could sit in back there and just poke till your heart was content. And it was about getting even. This isn't about getting even. Eye for an eye. In other words, this was about equality. So people had a sense of equality and fairness. This was introducing the idea of fairness. Not the idea of revenge. There's a big difference. It may be that you don't get the satisfaction of doing the poking. Someone pokes your eye, you lose an eye, then they lose an eye. Now, we'll talk about how Jesus translates this later. But it's just setting up the, the basic idea of fairness in the society. And they're coming out of Slavery, they're coming out, and they're starting to form a society. And to have a society, you have to move from me to we. Everybody say it together. We have to move from me to what? We. And you have to start to teach that in every aspect of life. By the way, this this whole story, if you follow it carefully, is also a parallel on how you and I grow up in life. When you start, you are all about what? Me. We got up this morning and we said, Charlie, we, 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 you have to get in the shower. It's time to get ready for church. I don't want to. That was, she just figured that was the end of the discussion. Like, I, I don't want to. And I said to her, well, I understand you don't want to, but that's what we're going to do. I don't know if you have any advice, send them in. But I I just said, well, that's what we're going to do. And she says, well, I don't want to. And then, like, this is new. This is new. And she she just got in this little position, like, you're going to have to physically pick me up and carry me. Which I have a, you know, a tweaked back and a broken rib. But I'm happy to oblige if that's what you need. And so there we go. (laughs) And if you want to have your clothes on or off, you're going in the shower, right? So you're going in the shower. (laughs) But when you're so young, you just think about, I, I, all, all we need to think about is what I want to do right now. And you have to start to explain your, their, and I, I said the words, but I know it doesn't matter because I said the, but I did say the words. There's more people to think about than you. And she looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But I feel like I, I, I'm obligated to say the words anyway. I have to try to start to go, this is not just about you. This is the first step of growing up. When you're the most immature, it's just me. By the way, before your six months, I mean, your first six months, that's how it should be. I mean, that's all you should do is just scream. Ah, I'm hungry, ah, I'm wet, ah, I'm thirsty. That makes perfect sense, it does, it's, it's healthy. And then you, trans, you transition and you start to learn other things and you start to learn other things. And, you know, when you're six months, you shouldn't be doing that when you're 16. (laughs) And you, you certainly shouldn't be doing it when you're 26. You start to realize there's other people. And this is big. I mean, we know it, like to say it, but to live it in our society today, it's becoming interesting because there's just a lot of me. There's just a lot of me. Me, this is what I want. Me, me, this is what I want. This is how I feel. This is what I want to do. This is me, me, me. And I'm not sure that's good. Yes, you are important. Yes, you matter. But you have to make the transition to becoming a part of a larger whole. That's the only way you mature. Moving from me to we. Here's an interesting example, uh, Exodus 22, if a fire breaks out and spreads into the thorn bushes so that it burns shocks of, of grain or standing grain or the whole field, the one who started the fire must make restitution. So fire breaks out. I mean, maybe you didn't intend to. So if I punch you in the eye, I ruin your eye, eye for an eye. But if I punch you in the eye or I poke you in the eye or I gouge you, you have the idea, the, the, the direct evidence that this was intentional. This one's a little more subtle, which deserves a little thought. A fire breaks out. It doesn't say if some guy torches your cornfield, a fire breaks out. What is this getting into? I wasn't taking full care or responsibility with something as powerful as fire. It broke out. It gets, they're sophisticated. In other words, they're thinking about things like, you know, if you start a fire, you're responsible where that fire goes. They're starting they're bringing up this idea of personal responsibility. You're re- now you are now responsible for that fire. And if it consumes someone else's livelihood, that's an important thing. I think all of us could kind of raise our hands and say, that makes sense. We should teach people. Now, it's harder to teach them when they're really young, right? So like, like Charlie she's just young you're trying to teach her direct responsibility like you're responsible you, you pushed that kid or you took their toy or you did something and so how, as you grow and as you mature you start to teach them you're also responsible for the consequences of your actions that you aren't careful for maybe an email that you send and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. Like, well, I, I can't be responsible for that. But, so, now, all this talk and stuff is coming out about artificial intelligence, and I am no expert by any means. Probably our first real brush with this thing they call artificial intelligence came through social media. So some of you already have had this experience where you're talking on your uh, you're, you're, you're talking with your friends and you're like, man, I just got to I, I don't know I got to get some sandals for the you know for the trip up north and I don't you know, I just can't find the ones that fit me and the next thing you know you're checking your Facebook page. You didn't ask Facebook to find you sandals, but what? They're bringing them to you. Now, you remember the first time this happened to you? You just freaked out, like, wait a minute. Who's watching me? Who's, who's got my house bugged? What's going on? And um, what, what they're doing is they're targeting you based on what you're talking about, what they think you want, what they think you like, and they just leave the breadcrumbs for you. And in some ways, it's genius, right? In some ways, it's like, yeah, that's great, because I'm going to need some. And it's like, it's like fire. It's, first of all, incredibly powerful. Fire is incredibly powerful. And fire is also neutral, right? So fire can be good, and fire can be... Unbelievably good. Think about the the incredible uses for fire. Like they're talking about creating fire. Like first of all, you would have fire to get warm. Anybody watch these like Survivor or whatever? It's like getting fire is a good thing. You can get warm. You could survive. Fire is in, in some ways life and survival because you can get warm and then not only that, but you can cook food, and you can purify your water. I mean, fire will really keep you alive. I mean, it's incredibly powerful. It could keep you safe. You can keep dangerous animals away. Fire was just incredibly powerful. But as we know, it could be incredibly destructive. Think of, put AI, put social media into this verse. If someone starts a fire and it breaks out and spreads, what's the one thing we know about social media? It breaks out, it spreads. Boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, it's here, it's here, it's here. It just went like wildfire, as they say. Or it went, what's the word? Viral. I have a friend, uh, actually he's a part of our church family here. And uh, he investigates fires. That's what he does for a living. They call him, and they can figure out, trace it back. Where did it start? How did the fire start? It's really interesting science, you know. That I've always been fascinated by that. Like they can go on a site, and they can tell you it started right here in the switch box of this thing, or it started. And they they use these forensics to to, to zero in on exactly how it started. And that's kind of what they're saying is like you got to trace it back and find out how did this start? Who's responsible? Man, today, trying to figure out who's responsible. This is gonna be quite the forensic exercise. I just I saw a graph, it was just troubling to me. I'd never seen it in a graph form. But it it was showing the mental health of teenagers, what they're dealing with. And it's got this kind of curve, it goes like this, you know, in the 2000s and 2010. And then all of a sudden, about 2020, it goes like this. Thoughts of depression, suicide, my life doesn't matter. I mean, certain social media companies have done research, to, they, they know how damaging it is to teenagers. I'm not saying there aren't any positives, so let, let me say that. Just like fire, there can be a lot of positives. You can connect with old friends, you can keep your family apprised at what's happening. Of course, of course. But it seems like it's having a real negative effect. On our young ones one of the greatest things I love about going up to be with the students at camp is, you know and I think we should do a better job personally but the, the, the challenge to put the phones down can I talk to some of you parents for a minute oh man I'm gonna get some emails hold on if I think if I want to say this or not <laughs> but but one of the great challenges that we face and we try to help is we face the challenge from the parents. Like, can we put the phones down for, for a while? And the parents are like, blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not gonna say everything. I'm not gonna say everything. But mom and dad, like, sure, they should be able to get a hold of you. Okay, i want to get in trouble. But wouldn't it be a gift to have a Sabbath from that device for your child's soul for a while, and we could work out the details about how to keep them safe? Like, just be, a, just be sincere, like, yeah, yeah, make the rule. I'll support it 100%. Just tell me how you're gonna get a hold of me if they're hurting. Or something like, I'm not a good lawmaker. But it's amazing to me. This stuff's breaking out. And there's a generation that it's unknown and unproven what it's going to do to them. What happens to these little girls when they they look on their phones and they're always being told you should look? It's... It is taking the 10th commandment and saying, you should look like this, you should dress like this, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this, and they just get consumed and consumed and they feel like they never measure up. And again, as we've said about these commandments all along, they're there for your good. Why does God tell you this stuff? Because he's going to get mad at you because you looked at someone else's Jeep? Maybe, I don't think so. I think what it does is it ruins you because now you're not happy with your Jeep. You're not happy with your hair. You're not happy with your feet. You're not happy with who God made you. You cannot be happy. Violating the 10th commandment is the extraction of happiness from your soul. That's what it is. Just takes away. Can't be happy. No, it's literally screaming to you. It's literally screaming to you. You are not allowed to be happy right now. No, you're not allowed because you don't have this. And you just go. Can I have some more? They're happy. They're happy. They're happy. I mean, when you you start a fire like that, you're responsible. I'm, I'm not saying this is easy to figure out the responsibility and how to do it all. And thank God Charlie's four. But trust me, she knows what an iPhone is. And she knows what an iPad is. And I'm probably just going to have to just eat crow when I'm, you know, 10 years from now. I don't know how I'm going to handle I'm not saying I know how to handle it. But I, I am saying this. We better get involved. We better get interested. We, we better wrestle this is what I was saying about the whole series. It's not, it's not that I know exactly what to tell you to do with the Sabbath and exactly what to do, you know, with saying the Lord's name in vain. And you know, yesterday I told you this. Like Charlie's just, I told you, right? Perfect timing. When I'm doing the Ten Commandments, she's relentlessly saying, oh my God, oh my God. And Vicky and I look at each other like, what are we supposed to do? Like, do we because immediately we want to don't overreact. I think we both give each other a look like, don't overreact which I don't know if that was the right thing, but we, we're trying to figure it out. Yesterday, she was at the service with all the teenagers. She's having a good time. She's playing, she's singing. They're all singing together. She was like, she comes out. I give her an Oreo cookie. She goes, oh my God, <laughs> But she was so happy. She learned this phrase from someone somewhere, you know, and she just uses it constantly. So I just leaned over here and she unbelievably sensitive, right, to correction and, any kind of discipline, she is really sensitive. So, sweetie, what if we say, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. you want to try that? You know, now I'm aware for, I'm aware of a lot of things. First of all, I think that commandment is way deeper than saying God in a sentence. I, I don't have time for that one. I think it's way deeper than that. I think we take the Lord's name in vain. Probably pastors do it the most because we use God for everything and then you can hide behind that. Does that make sense? So you can, you can just put a little, well, God, God this, God wants God this, and then after a while it's vain. It doesn't have hutzpah, And then now all of a sudden it doesn't mean anything anymore. I'm concerned that we wrestle with this long enough. What, what they do, listen to this. Just I want you to think about this before we close. Where are we? Where are we in the story? Did you remember? Mount Sinai. So, you know, at the base of Mount Sinai has a bunch of cornfields. No, there's no cornfields. It's a desert. It's all desert. Why are we talking about someone's cornfield in a desert? Because they are what? Preparing them. Moses is preparing them. He's ahead of the curve here. You get it? What are we? Way behind. This stuff's coming, And and it deserves your attention, it deserves your wrestling. It deserves your questioning. You might have to write to some people about it. You might might have to get involved. But the one thing you don't want to do is just put your head in the sand. We don't know what all the next technologies are going to be. But what we do know is there is a responsibility. Perhaps you didn't start the fire. Perhaps we don't know exactly who started it. I think that's part of the debate, and there's going to be some debates. But I do know this. If that fire starts sweeping to your house, you'd get involved. You'd find some water. You'd make a fire berm. You'd get a bulldozer and dig a big gap. You would do something for your household Last time I'll say it to repeat, I didn't say there, are, there, there, there can't be anything good. There's, there, there's a ton of good. I mean, we put our this out on social media, so hopefully that's, cool. hopefully that's good. I don't know. But, but if you don't manage some things that are just can just spread like this, and you think about these young ones, harshest thing I can find, the harshest thing I can find in the New Testament attributed to Jesus was this. Anyone that causes a young one to sin, be better for him to take a millstone. Anybody know what a millstone is? You ever gone to the, one of the farms where they grind the grain and they have the, the, the animals going around? A really big stone. Better for him to have a millstone tied around his neck and thrown into the sea than for someone to lead these little ones astray. That's something to sleep on. We gotta protect our young ones. We gotta take care of them. There's things they can't do for themselves. You know, I can't tell you how many times I'm turning around to Charlie, is that a good movie? Like, like she's gonna tell me. It's good, Dad. Is that a good movie? Should we be you know, I don't know how she even knows how to meet her, but you, you, you feel like yourself you're constantly vigilant. Their minds we, we know this scientifically, their minds are not fully developed, even as teenagers, they're not fully developed. You're not even giving them a fair chance. And now, I was listening to a guy who, who is an expert in AI say this. He says, once you, once you do this he so said, they've started you on a path to process your brain. And here's all the consequences. Addiction, they're they, 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 they they are scientifically attuned to make you addicted to this. You ever seen people with their phones and all of a sudden, they, they have, they have, you, you've probably done it yourself. I know I've done it. Like, I, but all of a sudden you're there and, and everybody looks at their phone and you just go like this. The heck am I doing? That's called, that's called an addiction, right? And I'm not here to throw like, but at least like, let's just wake up a little bit. Let's shake it up and say, wait, maybe we should, maybe Sabbath should have something to do with our phones. Maybe there should be an hour of Sabbath. Maybe there should be a week of Sabbath. Maybe there should be a day of Sabbath. Maybe there should be a half day. Start small. Let them go to camp without their phone. They won't die. You know what's so great? This year, I got to close. This year, a lot of the the leaders are at camp. In fact, most of the leaders that are at camp, almost all of them are kids that went through the camp. It's so cool if you could witness it. It's amazing. And here's the thing. I heard one of them last night talking about you know, I wish you guys would put your phones down more. I wish you'd put them away. This is their, their peers talking to them. Think about this. The fire's breaking out, and someone's got to be what? Responsible. And maybe you say, well, I'm not, I'm not responsible, but, that, but that's the immature thing. What we want to think about is how responsible am I? There's a good, better question. What responsibility in this do I have? That's a better question. All right. Now, so we don't all think this is <laughs> downer Sunday. Uh, here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say. All of these are given for our good. So if you, if you become vigilant, right? I, I start to look up what I can do What I can do is this, start to teach through these things, start to teach through them, start to show the students and the young generation and the people that you have around you, because they know more than you about it. Here's part of the problem, right? But they don't know, they don't know the stuff that you know about life. So what the conversation needs to be is though, though you're going to be humble about what they know about it, you can bring something in that they can't bring, and that's wisdom. With Age comes, hopefully, what? Wisdom. All right, let's stand. We'll have a closing prayer.